You're listening to teaching from the Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. of serving as one of this church's missionaries and uh, global partners in Japan. Um, actually, I will, I've lived in Japan for 11, almost 12 years now, and I moved there um, with a, a team of people, and our desire was to move to Japan and to start churches who make disciples of Jesus, who make disciples of Jesus, who will then go and start more churches in the largest cities of Japan. Um, in, those, uh, in the past 10 years now, we've been able to start four churches. Uh, I, I pastor uh, the first one that we started. It's in the city of Nagoya, Japan. It's a city of about 9 million people. Um, and also in that time, we've planted churches in the cities of Osaka, Kobe, and Kyoto, Japan. Um, we want to see 12 churches started in the 12 largest cities of Japan and uh, by 2025. And so that's gonna take a lot of prayer and we're gonna need a lot of leaders to be able to do that. Our next church plant in Japan is gonna happen uh, probably next spring in the city of Tokyo. Uh, it's the largest city in the world. Um, the Olympics, actually, the Summer Olympics are happening next summer as well in Tokyo. So the, the eyes of the world will be on Japan. They will be on that city in Japan uh, but I believe that the planting of that church is going to have more of an impact than the Olympics will. So please be praying for us. Um, but as I said before you clap, um, we need leaders in Japan. If we're going to go out and we're going to plant more churches in Japan, we need people to, to raise up and to, uh, to pastor and to lead churches in Japan. And I, wanna, I want you to hear a little bit more about the need for leaders in Japan, uh, not for myself, but uh, for some that I've, uh, I've brought some co-workers uh, to Texas with me. Um, so Atsushi and Yuka, I get to have a privilege of working with them in Japan. They're a Japanese couple, um, and so it's their first time to Texas. So welcome them uh, to, to Texas. Um, I have asked Atsushi to come up and to, to share with us for just a few minutes about uh, the state of the church in Japan. And so Atsushi, would you please share with us? Good morning, everyone. I'm very thankful for this opportunity today to be able to share with you about Japan and the state of the church in Japan. And so, um, what do you know about Christians or the church in Japan? And so maybe you know this already, but in Japan, less than 1% of the population in Japan is Christian. And so over 20 years, that statistic has not changed. And in Japan, pastors in Japan, over 89% of pastors in Japan are over 50 years old. Uh, most of the pastors in Japan are in their 70s. Uh, there are very few pastors who are in their 30s. And uh, there's like zero pastors who are in their 20s. 
日本の教会のほとんどが礼拝の参加者は30人前後の規模で牧師は高齢の牧師たった一人しかいないんです。Uh, most of the churches in Japan, they average about 30 people led by one aging pastor. 日本のプロテスタントの教会のその人数は2009年度をピークに急激な減少傾向に転じています。Uh, the, um, the churches in Japan peaked in 2009, and since that time, there's just been a decline, a sharp decline of churches. なぜこのような減少傾向に転じているんでしょうか Why is that? 単純に宣教活動がなされていないこともあると思いますけれども、mm-hmm. 大きな理由としては日本では次世代のリーダーがおらずまた育っていないことが原因だと思います。Uh, I think one of the reasons is because there are there's such few missionaries in Japan, but I think a more main fundamental reason is because the churches in Japan are not raising up the next generation of leaders. 日本ではイエス様のように神様にまた人に仕えていくリーダーが今必要としているんです。And lead like、Jesus. しかし現状は今の日本の教会では高齢の牧師さんが教会の働きのすべてをしてしまい次の世代に任されることがないんです。その結果、次の世代にバトタッチされないで、また育ってないのが問題なんです。And as a result, um, the baton of leadership in Japan is going to struggle、uh, to move forward because there isn't that next person to hand the baton to. また教会によっては聖書や福音中心よりも教会の伝統などが中心となり健康ではないまた健全ではない教会が多いことも今現状です。And in many churches in Japan,、um, church tradition and the way things have always been are more important than the Bible or the gospel. 先ほど述べた統計がこのまま進んでいくんであれば日本は近い将来、教会が失われてしまう、そのようなげあの現状にあると思います。Change, 日本の教会は今、緊急事態と言っても過言ではないと思います。It is no exaggeration to say that the state of the church in Japan is in an emergency. 私がリーダーが育てる中で、次に既存の教会が福音によって、活性化しまた健康で健全な教会が建て上げられていくこと、そして健全で健康な教会が開拓されていくことが大切だと考えます。It is so important for there to be healthy churches in Japan who, through the power of the gospel, will be able to reach the next generation and develop leaders. 日本はただ教会の数が増えるだけでなく、キリストを中心に生きる次世代のリーダーがでまた健全で健康な教会が増える必要があると考えるんです。So、Japan doesn't only need more churches, but we need to be raising up Christ-centered leaders who will reach the next generation. ぜひこのためにお祈りしていただけないでしょうか。And、so would you please pray with us for more leaders to be risen in Japan? ありがとうございました。Thank you very much. Um, what Atsushi shared was very true, and it's an honor to be able to work with Atsushi and his wife Yuka in Japan to, to see more and more leaders being raised up.、Uh,
Um, But today what I want to do is I want to spend just a little bit of time talking about something that is very important to us in Japan, and that's the reaching cities, the importance of reaching the city that you live in. Uh, The mission of, of Mustard Seed Network, which is our organization, is to glorify God by making disciples through planting gospel-centered churches in urban Japan. And we wanted to focus on urban, the cities of Japan, because we believe that if we reach the city, it will then move and reach the rest of the country. But the importance of reaching the city is not only something that's important in Japan, but it's also important here in America as well. And so I want to spend some time talking about this city of San Antonio and how can this church, Castle Hills, be a church that doesn't just exist in San Antonio, but how can we be a church that is for the city of San Antonio? And this is a, this is a great city. I actually, if you don't know, I grew up in Bandera, so just a a short drive away from here. So this was my city growing up. And so I was telling Jenny on the drive here, it's just so nostalgic for me, even just to drive through the roads, because this is, in a very real sense, a very home city for me. And so think about, uh, if you will, what do you like about living in the city? If you're from San Antonio, what do you like, uh, not just about the city in general, but about San Antonio? The Spurs, right? Um, I love the culture. Uh, I love good Mexican food, like anywhere you go, right? We don't have that in Japan. Uh, I love the, the beautiful hill country that's just uh, all around. There's a lot to like about the city, but what do you not like about living in the city of San Antonio? Is it too busy for you? Is it too loud? Is the driving or the traffic in San Antonio frustrating to you? There's a lot to like and there's a lot to not like about the city, but think with me, if you will, what does God think about the city? What does God want for this city? And so I want to read, look with you uh, together at the book of Jonah. And so I'm going to read from Jonah chapter one, verse one. You can read in your Bible or you can look on the screen. It says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it. So God calls Jonah, he's a prophet, to go to a major city city called Nineveh. It was a huge major city in the ancient world. Uh, in that time, the population was about 150,000. In that time, a major city. And God told Jonah to go and preach in the city. And I think it's because God cares for the city. Because the cities are where the center of culture is. The cities are where the center of education, it's the religious center, it's the economical center of a country. As goes the city, so goes the rest of the state and country. And so God calls Jonah, go to the city of Nineveh and preach there. And if you know the story, what does Jonah do? No thanks, I don't want to go. He turns away, he goes to another place and God miraculously changes his mind. It's a whole nother sermon. And he calls Jonah again in chapter three to go preach in the city. Chapter three, verse one and two, it says, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and call and, and, uh, and all out and call out against it. The message that I, (coughs) excuse me, tell you. And so Jonah finally goes, he preaches there and what happens, right? The city repents and they believe in God. 
And Jonah is mad. He's like, God, I did not want these people to be saved. I, did not, I knew you were a compassionate God. I knew you would forgive them, and he doesn't like it. And so God gets mad at Jonah for being such a loving God. The last verse of the book, God says, Should I not pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 people, who do not know their right hand from their left. God's saying, Jonah, the vast amount of people, most of the people in this city don't know who I am. Shouldn't I be concerned about that? Shouldn't, don't I care for those people, Jonah? But the only way they could know me is if you tell them about me. So church, think with me, uh, what would God say about San Antonio? Don't I have compassion on the people of San Antonio? That great city in which there are more than a million and a half people. Many of them do not yet know who I am. I didn't, I didn't know um, when I was preparing for the sermon that San Antonio is now the second largest city in Texas. The seventh largest city in the United States. So I want us to think for the rest of the time, how can our church, how can Castle Hills Christian Church be actually be a church that doesn't just exist in the city? It's not just a church where it's close to where you live and you can come, but how can this church be a church for the city, make an impact in the city that you live in? That's what I want to talk about today. In the Old Testament, the book of Jeremiah uh, God's people, the Israelites, they were um, not following God. They were sinning. They were running away from God. And so God punishes them. He sends them into a pagan nation of Babylon. And the people there take God's people into captivity. And in Jeremiah 29, God speaks to his people, the Israelites, who have been taken into captivity in a pagan city. And this is what he says to them. It says, thus, this is Jeremiah 29, starting in verse four. It says, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all of the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Here's what he tells them. Living in the city. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens, eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives... <laughs> For your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. This is God's people living in a pagan city where nobody knows God. That's true of so many cities. And what does God tell his people to do who are living in the city? He doesn't tell them run away from the city because cities are evil. And he didn't say seclude yourself in the city with just a whole bunch of people who are just like you, just God's people. Don't really engage with the rest of the city. Just, just be closed off. He said, for as long as you're in the city, live there. Build houses. Don't run away. Be a part of the city that you're living in. And then in verse 7, he says, seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, in the welfare of the city, you will find your welfare. 
God says, go to the city that you're in and seek its welfare. It's taken you captive, but seek its welfare. It's a word that comes from the Hebrew word shalom, which is this beautiful word that doesn't just mean peace. It means like flourishing, the holistic flourishing of the city. Seek the flourishing, the artistic flourishing, the educational flourishing, the economical flourishing of the city, the social, racial flourishing of the city. And that's the kind of church that I would love for this church to be. A church that seeks the welfare of San Antonio. I want to give three ways that we can do that and then I'll be done. The first is this. Pray for your city. God tells the people, his people, God tells his people who are living in a pagan city, pray to the Lord on behalf of your city. And so church, when was the last time you spent serious time praying for the city of San Antonio? Do you pray for its leaders, for its government officials? Do you know the mayor? Do you know his name? Ron Nuremberg. Maybe you don't know who he is. Maybe you do and you don't like him. Doesn't matter. God calls us to pray for our leaders, our government officials. Pray for what's going on in the city. That's what we do every month in Japan. We have a monthly prayer night where we pray for the city of Nagoya because God says when you pray for the welfare of the city, in the welfare of the city, you will find your own welfare. So let's be praying for San Antonio. Second thing you can do, serve the city. I would love for the city of San Antonio to be a better city because of the influence of Castle Hills Christian Church. And so not just the church as a whole, but you as an individual or as a family who's a part of this church, how can you serve this city? If you're a businessman or a businesswoman, can you use your career not only to bless yourself and your family, but how can you bless your employees or your surrounding community for the glory of God? How can you bless your neighborhood and the areas that you live? How can you be a blessing to that, those areas? As a church community, let's think creatively about ways that we can bless the city. Are there volunteers that can go from the church and clean up this area, pick up trash, volunteer at nursing homes, serve at orphanages, take care of the homeless? Are there ways that this city can be, this church can be creative. I'm sure you already are in serving the city. Jesus once said, you're the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. And so let's live good lives in the city of San Antonio so that the rest of the city can see what we do and give glory to God. And finally, not only should we pray for our city, not only should we serve our city, but thirdly, we should evangelize the city. We, and I know the leaders of this church would love this church to grow but they want it to grow by converting non-Christians who live in the city. 
Because often churches grow by recirculating Christians who are already in the kingdom. Right? But that's not kingdom growth. Right? Just because a church is growing in numbers doesn't mean that the lost is, are being saved. But we want this church to be a church that preaches the gospel to the lost. And we want there to be individual Christians and families in the church who are using your influence to make a difference and to preach the gospel to those who do not yet know Jesus. And so that means we have to be developing, like intentionally, relationships with non-Christians. We have to resist the urge to be tribal and only associate with people who are like us and who we like. Sadly, it's too easy for Christians to limit their friendships to other Christians. And so if you don't have good relationships with non-Christians, think about ways you can develop those kind of relationships. And then we need to be patient with people who have doubts about the faith. Listen to their questions. Jude 22 says, we should have mercy on those who doubt. Who around you is doubting? And when we do get to the point where we share our faith with others, which I think we should do, we need to do it in a way that is graceful and not offensive. The gospel is offensive enough. We don't need to be. But we must be compelled by the spiritual need that there is in San Antonio. As I was walking into church today, I saw a sign. If you walk out these doors as you leave today, look to your right. There's a big poster on the wall. Do you know what it says? Pray for San Antonio. I want you to see that sign every time you come into church and every time you leave, especially as you leave, getting ready to go into this next week and remember to pray for your city. I want you also to look at this picture. It's a beautiful city. And I want you to think about all of the buildings that are in San Antonio and, and take a minute and, and look at some of the floors and, and look at the lights that are on and think about every person that is representative of this picture. Every soul in every floor in, in, represented in this picture is a soul that God created and that God loves. And I want this church, I want Castle Hills Christian Church, not only to be sacrificing and helping us make a difference in Japan, which I'm very thankful for, but I want you to be a church that cares for and that makes a difference here in this city as well. Because in the welfare of San Antonio, you will find your welfare. How does God feel about the people in this city? He loves them. He gave his son Jesus to die on the cross for their sins. And God raised him from the dead and God longs for the day when all of those in San Antonio and in Texas and in the U.S. and around the world come to faith in Jesus and worship him. So let's be praying toward that end. Personally, let's pray for San Antonio. Let's serve the city, figure out a way that you or your family or maybe even your kids can serve the city well. And let's evangelize. Let's be bold and courageous in how we reach the lost in San Antonio, all for the glory of God.